Welcome to this edition of the Million Dollar Mastermind Podcast. This is where we pick the brains of high achievers from all walks of life and get their hard-earned, real-world insights on winning. I'm your host, Larry Wydell. In many ways, uh, it's long been accepted that if you want to grow personally, grow in leadership, or you know, go to go to autobiographies, and you can learn, you know, learn so much about how people think and how they went through and how they thought. But when you study companies, companies are really, in many ways, like human beings. You know, they have a birth. They have a development cycle, then they have a decay cycle. <laughs> and you can't, you know, then, then they divide up and then they go together again and then launch. Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, human interest. If you look at them as entities, not as these big blobs of concrete or, you know, glacier ice uh, mountains moving back and forth, but actually there's humanity behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah I know that. Uh, it was always fun for me to go to New York and go into the uh, uh, see the CEOs, you know, and uh, yeah, people that were number one, you know, that like one time Sandy Weil was in charge of city, city, and uh, most powerful guy in the world, you know, yeah. he goes to Japan, no, he goes to China, and he told me, he said, I walk in, and you walk in, it's scary. Nobody's around this huge building. Yeah. Go into this big hall and you walk down this hallway. Nobody's there. Don't see anybody. Then you walk into this room, massive high ceilings, and there's two chairs and a table with a plant, and there's a microphone inside the plant, and that's where the translator is. <laughs> <laughs> you put these plugs up. He said, You're talking to the uh, head of China, whoever, you know, president or yeah. whatever his title was at the time. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, but then to hear him talk about it on a human level, you know, yeah. or to see them when they're going through tough times, you know, they've got disasters and they're sitting in there just like we would, yeah. you know, and our, you know, as a family situation, as your business situation is like, you know, at the top of these things is human beings and they're making decisions right. and following principles. And there's pattern, like you say, there's, there's not only patterns in business, patterns in thought. Yeah. And sir, this is where people don't, uh, you know, where you get into understanding culture of a company and everything. It has to do with how they go about, how they think, how they decide, what they put value on. And uh, when you study companies, you can learn a lot. It sounds like you you uh, were learning a lot as you went. Yeah, yeah, I did. And I, I'm an avid reader. I love reading books. I've read hundreds and hundreds of business books and, um, you know, wrote one myself and just been around. I'm just, you know, it's just been a, I kind of a nerd around business. I love it. You know, I do, I do love studying companies and I'm always trying to, you know, get better like any, like anyone trying to, you know, self-improve. And what other than have you, you found that you learned a lot of things, other areas of your life that you could use these principles in that allowed you to be successful in, in, in other areas outside of the business, just because you, you had the thinking, you had the patterns down and you knew how to sort through opportunities and make the best choices. I mean, I, I guess observation, I would say, you know, I've, yeah. when I was a little kid, my dad would say that I was quiet. And I would just watch, you know, a lot. And I've kind of done that my whole life, including watching brands and watching people and watching little things that people do. And, and I do talk a lot these days, but 
But I still very much watch people and listen to people and really listen to what they're saying and really pay attention. And I think that the more you observe, the more you can understand people and understand sometimes the kinds of people or the things that people are really saying. Maybe they say this, but what they're really saying is is something that wasn't said and and understanding what that means and 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 what how to make decisions based off that and that could yeah. be your internal people that could be a prospect yeah Sometimes you have a prospect you're talking to a prospect and they say one thing but really what they're saying is something else and i think it's important to pay attention to that i i've often said to people that i think communication is always happening whether people speak or not right. i think it's important to be able to pay attention to the communication that's always happening yeah, communication is always happening, and what is being presented as negative is not necessarily negative to the whole thing, but negative to a specific aspect of it. And uh, I learned uh, from uh, the guy who trained me in business, Bullet Bob Turley, was a pitcher with the Yankees before he went into business, and uh, he's very shrewd. But you know, when you're a pitcher and you you're always reading. Uh, yeah the batters and you're reading the tell, you know, it's like a poker game out there. The tells. In fact, a funny story. I hope I haven't told this on this before, but it's, it's worth repeating. Mickey Mantle would never bat unless Bob Turley, you know, because Turley was for the sixties. He was with the Yankees when they were in their heyday, you know, they went to eight, nine world series, you know, and uh, he won three of the uh, four games in the 58 world series. But so he was, you know, he was the first player rep when they had the player association. Everybody voted him the, you know, the the player rep. So wow. prominent guy there. But uh, when uh, Mickey Mantle would never go to the plate unless Turley was sitting in the dugout, because you know, in their off days, they could be in the bullpen, they could be whatever, you know, because they're they're not doing anything. But he wouldn't go to the plate unless Turley was in the wow. dugout because. He knew Turley would catch the tells, and he would know every pitch that uh, the the guy in the mound was going to pitch before it went. And yeah. they had re- they had little signals where they could relay. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And, uh, and that was Mickey Mantle's secret weapon. And there's what you know the other pitchers caught on to it, and it drove them, drove them nuts. And I forget the guy's name, Moose Scour and stuff. I forget one pitcher got so furious at it one time he just wound up and turned around and fired a 100 mile hour, 90 plus uh, fastball into the dugout to hit Turley. He said, and the wow. cut He said, "Get your ass out of the dugout, there. Yes, <laughs> let me pitch." <laughs> but being able to recognize tells, you know, pay attention. Don't just uh, take things at every face at face value, but but Turley taught me that uh, like if you're ask someone their opinion and the guy's an attorney, at least have enough brains to say this is an attorney with attorney's filters giving me his opinion, or if the guy's a CPA, or if the guy's a businessman who's had multiple failures, uh, think about that and realize. Where he's coming from, colors color his answer. Or if a guy's blue sky, you know, he's never invested any of his money in anything. He's go, go, go this. Well, of course, he's going to think it's all great because he's never uh, put his money in anything. And so it does, you know, some of that is like basic common sense, but you can go through life and just miss that obvious 
uh, because there's so many other things to focus on, you know. But yeah, you're not, not admit, really listening. It's like you know, it's like signal and signal and noise, right? Like you 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 really want to pay attention to those signals, you know. And I think that uh, it can make a big difference, and your ability to predict outcomes is better. You know, your ability to predict what might happen and and be able to control your destiny a little bit more. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's kind of like watching these submachine, these submarine, these these war movies with submarines, and you got the guy, and he's listening, and he said, "That's a whale," you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's the baby whale following the mother. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you got to get good at those things. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and the better you are, it gives you a competitive edge, an advantage. And what yeah. we're trying to do as we go through business is me, you, you know. You can't control outcomes. You know, even George Soros can't control outcomes, you know, giving money to things. And so uh, they can heavily influence it, but <laughs> they're going to have better odds than we are. But the thing is that uh, everything is unpredictable. You're never guaranteed a success, but you can you can stack the odds in your favor. You can make totally. it almost, almost inevitable. Yeah. And uh, having those advantages, you know, being able to, notice what's happening and so much business is done on the fly and so that's why when you're trained you're tuned into these things you're you're picking up like you say you're moving always on the move it's always communicating but in all of these levels of communication like six or seven conversations going on in 15 minutes you could be picking up things in there that everybody else in the room you know they'll never know missed yeah yeah just because you're just you know, dialed into it and uh, uh, competitive advantage. And so yeah. as you go out there, you go out there, uh, uh, think, give, give, give people an example of how that's giving you an advantage or situations where you notice things, people are saying this, but you're picking up that. Do you have a, a, a big, ex- uh, you know, uh, uh, example that pops into your head from that? Totally. So we, we do, a, we do a lot of, a lot of sales, a lot we're B2B, right? So we sell, Richter works with many of the largest companies in the world, largest B2B companies in the world. And um, and sometimes those are complex sales, you know? So we're dealing with people of all levels and things like that, that are that we're selling to uh, large Fortune 500 companies. And and in those, in those sales that we're working on, in those pitches and things like that, um, you know, you could have somebody who maybe isn't the final person, isn't the final person that's gonna sign a contract. Right. Whatever, and so when you're when you're selling, you know, it, it could be that they say something that it, it sounds like the thing that needs to get handled. Right. It sounds like the objection, if you will, or it sounds like the problem. But we call it a red herring. I don't know where we got that. We just kind of made it up, I guess, years ago. But we call it red herring. It's be able to. It's sort of like a, a decoy or a wrong wrong indication. And 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 usually in that scenario, there's an unspoken thought or unspoken consideration or something that just needs to get uncovered both for them and for you. And when you can hear the, when you, when you can hear the unspoken communication yeah, and you have an indication of, or you have an idea of like what that thing is, then you can go ahead and tell them, Hey, listen, no problem on the other thing. Like, okay, you can handle the other thing, but then a lot of salespeople will actually go and try and handle that thing that was said. Yeah, but the reality is, is that when you can hear the other thing, you can go in and say, um, "I just want to put this out there and say, if this is an issue, or if this yeah. is something, or perhaps maybe also blah." And then once they say it, 
you can now handle it, right? Now, now you yeah. can address it and actually move the ball forward. And, and it's, it's very important because it can hang up a deal. It can hang up any deal at yeah. any time, you know, and, and, and then the deal gets stalled and it's not moving. And so that's one of those things where it's like, you have to sort of pay attention to what they said and what they didn't say. And, yeah. uh, and it's important because, you know, the sale only matters because you're trying to get an outcome for a customer. So it allows you to do the thing that you're trying to do for them, which is solving their problem and and doing a good thing for your company. But it can't happen unless you get good at doing that. Yeah. And uh, it's basically finding what's buried and maybe they're not aware of it, you know? Right, right. Uh, maybe they don't want to bring it up. Maybe, you know, maybe they brought it up before and it turned into a nightmare and they just kind of stay, hang back. But whatever the under... You know, there's always a main issue (laughs) as we go through life and we run into problems. You know, there's always a main issue. Yeah. And in business, it's usually money. And I don't want to, you know, I, I, you hear all kinds of excuses, but you know, if you have a problem with people, you know, usually it comes down to money. Yeah. And some some variation of that, you know, the company's not making enough money or I'm not getting making them, you know, the clients were overcharging the clients or something like that comes into money, you know? So it's usually pretty easy to trace down uh, what's wrong here and uh, uh, what keeps them from making a, uh, when it comes to making a change though, in who they're doing business with or whatever, what you have as entrenched uh, patterns and like, if you get here, here's one thing, like if you go into uh, uh, a big corporation and you need to like change their operating system and, you know, they've got millions of clients and they've got, you know, big data, they got servers everywhere. And you're going to go in and talk to them about like, it's really outdated. You know what I'm saying? You yeah, prop yeah. this sucker, this jalopy of a computer's operation up for too long. But you know who's going to give you the resistance if you go in there and try to make the guys that are close to retirement? Yeah. They do not. And they're never going to bring it up, you know, but they're going to say they're going to have like here. Well, that's a lot of money there. They're going to be throwing this, you know, throwing, like you say, red herrings. Right. (laughs) Look at this. Look at that. But the main thing is they don't want to have to do the work. 100%. They want to ride it out as smooth to retirement as possible. Yeah. But, but that's an example of that. Would you agree? I agree. I agree for sure. And so when you go into dealing with, uh, when companies deal with Richter, uh, I see, you know, you've got, what what is the main uh, thing you do? You know, when you have holding companies, you have things like that. You have your main and then you yeah. have, yep. you know, things that are, that are support or maybe newer, smaller, but they're growing more, you know? Yeah. So what would you say is the main things you're doing right now? We, why, would, we, why would people do business with Richter? We, we we exist to support revenue growth for companies that are within their B2B sales journey. So when you think about pre-sales and sales and training and customer experience, and you kind of look at those from a quadrant standpoint, we have a, something we call the quadrant strategy. There's gaps and there's challenges within each one of those quadrants that if they were handled and fixed, they would... It, it would it would improve the the revenue. Give me an example. Price. Give me an example. You typically you go and you start with a company. Exa- Give me an example. Example would be a, a large company like let's say AT and T or IBM, and and they're uh, needing to train their their sales force on a repeatable model on exactly how something is done, 
And they've got obviously Pareto's law. You have the 80% 80 and right. 20, right? 20% yeah. is doing really, really well. So it would be right. important to look at what the 20% are doing, how they're doing it, dissect it, turn it into sort of Lego instruction level simplicity where yeah. you can build a repeatable model so the rest of the team can can sort of increase their performance. Yeah. And so when you identify why don't companies uh, what do you see? What's the biggest reason when you go into companies and you get some, some obvious thing like that? Why haven't, why can't they figure it out? Why haven't they figured it out? Well, I have my own ideas, but I want to hear you. Yeah. Say. Yeah. I mean, look, they, these are really big, big companies and, and there's a lot of different sort of units within those big companies. Thank you. So, Thank you. Yeah. you know, Thank they're you. all, they don't even, some of these, they don't even really know each other. And it's like, it's like these problems sometimes are happening simultaneously and they do have a lot of talent in house, right. but a lot of the people that they have in house are up to their eyeballs doing whatever they do. And, yeah. um, and they have creative, creative talent, different things like that. But, you know, sometimes you know, the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 yeah. hours type thing. You put in 10,000 yeah. hours in outliers and he talks about that. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. For us, the lane that we stay in is this exact thing. So when we look at enterprise B2B sales, we put in the 10,000 hours. We know this space really, really well. And sometimes it's easier to give it to a company like Richter and say, you guys live and breathe this all the time. You know, let yeah. us leverage you and take this on and, and help with this. But also at the same time, these big, big companies, they have these different pockets and they're handling different things and they're doing product launches and they're doing all sorts of things. And, and sometimes they're a little disconnected in different units, you know, and 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 uh, they just need help. You know, I mean, there's a lot of vendors that support these companies, right? There's the internal right. employees, but there's also external vendors that support them. And we have to be one of those companies. And I think the nature of any company anywhere is that you just need good people to help in that thing, whether it's an internal person or external person, there's always fires, there's always problems, there's always growth challenges, doesn't matter how big you are, you're not above it. Um, the difference between a large company and small company is that with large companies, they've already scaled. Small companies are always talking about high scale, large companies, they already scaled. So now it's just new different challenges that they have to take on related to how they're trying to get to the next level of growth. Thanks for listening to The Million Dollar Mastermind. If you felt there were any valuable takeaways from this episode, please take a minute and leave us a five-star review. Your feedback is important and really helps us get the word out to a wider audience. Remember, we have a valuable webinar that is absolutely free. Register for it right now at whitealamwinning.com. Thanks for listening.